Hey there, just a quick reminder, we have a mentorship program if you're looking for personalized coaching and mentorship to help guide you to the next level of your interior design business, whatever that might look like for you, whether it's processes and procedures or what services to offer to how to incorporate wellness, intention, or spirituality into your projects, come join us over at designcoven.com forward slash join. Or if you're just in search to connect with other like-minded interior designers, you can join our free community also located at designcoven.com forward slash joy. We're at episode 67 today, and our guest is Elizabeth Carmichael of EcoHouse. Elizabeth founded EcoHouse as a source for ecologically responsible architecture and development. EcoHouse is concerned for a building's impact on the environment and the positive benefits for occupants, community, and developers at the forefront of their practice. She conducts EcoLabs, Learn, Apply, Build, as a hands-on approach to educating the public on implementing sustainable practices, serves on the board of directors for the San Diego Green Building Council as vice president, and has recently presented at the AIA National Conference in Chicago and the Living Future Conference. She has been interviewed in articles and podcasts, honored as a San Diego woman of influence in construction, commercial real estate, and design. Eco House equals ecological habitats of urban sustainable experiences. And today we get to talk all about biophilic design. Liz is going to share some of her practices and examples of her work that she's currently involved in. And then we also have a workshop with Liz uh, virtually through the Design Coven, which is our mentorship program here on the podcast. And um, that's open for anybody that is looking into the, the realm of interior design, or maybe you are a current interior designer and you really want to dive into the holistic practices of holistic interior design, or yeah, if you're just interested, you're welcome to join our design coven. And uh, that's just at designcoven.com. And I hope you enjoy all the goodness that Liz has to share with us. And I welcome you to again, join the workshop on November 4th. You're listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. This is a podcast that guides you as a new or inspiring independent interior designer navigating your entrepreneurial path. Here with my over 20 years experience, I will share my holistic approach to design with intention and ancient practices, including feng shui, all incorporating mind, body, and spirit into my design projects. You will also learn from seasoned interior designers as they give strategies and insight of how they built their businesses and continue to work in the field. Together, we will discover supportive trade partners, new ideas, creatives, and inspiring artists from around the world. I'm your host, Rachel Lorraine Crawford. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. Today, we have Liz Carmichael on with us, and um, we're talking all things biophilic design, so I'm super stoked. Welcome, Elizabeth. 
Thank you. Yeah. Um, I feel go- a little underdressed compared to you, but I, I have a Padres shirt on today. Oh, yeah. So yeah. You totally fun. need to wear that. <laughs> Amazing. I just have a poncho on. Yeah, so let me open up our space. I'm going to go ahead and light our candle um, just to set the intention of connection and learning and health and wellness in our homes. And then um, I'm going to pull us a, a, a crystal card, kind of get a reading for the energy that we might need today. I have the Radiant Crystal Card deck um, with me. That's a beautiful crystal card just to kind of get us into our space. Garnet. Oh my gosh. Garnet's one of my favorite, favorite stones, especially almondine garnet. It's so beautiful for just grounding and being in our bodies, which for me sometimes can be a little bit difficult. I'm pretty airy. Um, so we've got love. Is it a, is it a first chakra? Yeah. First chakra. Yeah. 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 It's that root chakra, that deep, deep, deep red. That's how you can kind of tell. A lot of times the crystals will correspond to the color of the chakra. Um, there yeah. are some crystals that are a little bit um, sneaky, but for the most part, you can tell what root chakra that is. So, um, yeah, and the affirmation here is I am passionate with the love I give and receive. Hmm. Awesome. All right. So, um, Liz, can you share a little bit about what home is for you at the moment? Hmm. Well, for me, it's my husband my dogs and the garden really mm. we have just had finally put a kitchen door to the outside yeah and so I'm very happy to have a edible garden right out oh there now God. that's yeah. amazing Ugh, how it's perfect is that yeah I'm sure <laughs> Oh, so good. So and tell me in that we're, we've been at a slow moving remodel. So the actual house is in a state of flux, oh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So That's anywhere the, the hubby and dogs are though. You're good. Awesome. So can you tell me a little bit about your origin story, how you got into this world of plants and design and all the things? I grew up really in, I grew up moving around a lot. But okay. a bulk of my youth was in New England, where very rural area, lived on a lake as a small child, and then just really was overexposed to nature there. So then being in the more of a built environment, a more urban environment as an adult, I realized like I really craved being in nature. Mm-hmm. I craved just having nature around. And part of it sprung from also learning about Unterwasser at a job of mine um, as a young architect. And he really, if you don't know about him, he's a very eccentric artist and self-taught architect from oh Austria. And he, yeah, his philosophy was to replace if you're gonna put a building on the ground to you need to replace all of that vegetation up on the roof or throughout the building yeah so that really sparked my interest in kind of these just lush feeling of exterior and feeling that your building is actually a part of nature and can support nature and so uh his building in vienna 
is now covers, I, I want to say, mm, I wish I had the number, but it's oh, okay. a, a certain time more than the original no. vegetation that was on the property. That's incredible. Oh, I love it. So can you um, tell us how you, yeah, how did you get into architecture? Like, what was that? Did you always know you wanted to do this? And I really started sketching floor plans, really, probably in middle school. Yeah. We had moved around quite a bit, so I was exposed to it by looking at different houses when we moved. Um, also, just there was I think, two different homes as a, as a child that were, they were already pretty much built, but there was some interaction with builders and one was, I think, in framing stage. One was a little path there, but, you know, seeing how yeah. buildings come together, uh, I think that's what sparked it. Cause pretty much after that second home was when I really started getting interested in it, mm. drawing floor plans uh, and kind of having my own fantasy projects in notebooks. Yeah, amazing. And then so did you go to school like or and then what was the next step? Yeah, I went to school, started first started off in engineering, thinking that was okay. the route I wanted to go. But uh then took a little break and okay. and then realized I wanted to do architecture. My mom says that she had bought me a Crayola architecture kit. When nice. I was a kid, I don't remember that, but she <laughs> wants to credit herself for me becoming an architect. Of course. And then after school, moved out here to California. So I've been here, gosh, um, 25 years now. Oh my goodness. Okay. Yeah. And, and then you moved around a little bit around Southern California, working at different firms, worked for Don Wexler, who's one of the fathers of mid-century modern architecture in Palm Springs, and then moved to San Diego shortly after that. Started my own firm with a partner in 2006. Okay. And then kind of after the crash of 2008, yeah. I went in separate ways. And yeah. then the creation of Eco House came shortly after that. Mm. Speaking of intention, I did meditate on what to name the new firm, and mm. Eco House was what came to me during meditation. Yeah, but so that I mean, was aligned with mindfulness and intention. Absolutely, and that the name is so perfect. And so that I mean, it looks like you were really intentional from the get-go of being super eco, sustainable, connecting with nature from the from the get-go. Well, and, and we also wanted to attract clients that it also was their priority to mm -hmm. be sustainable. Uh, there's definitely a wide range. We have some clients that want to go as sustainable as possible. Gotcha. And then we have other clients because we do a lot of multifamily and they're developers. They, they want it to be sustainable. They want it to mm -hmm. be healthy for their occupants but their bottom line is their bottom line. Yeah. So we have to work, you know, and, and figure out ways to be as sustainable as possible. Got it. To hold up our morals and, and deliver for the client a more sustainable project than they probably would have done previously. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. And so how did you get into biophilic design? Did you, is it something that you studied? Is it something that you've always kind of been connected with from the start or how did all of this kind of interact? Yeah. So I, I, like I said, kind of that introduction was the project I work on that, uh, Hunter was actually involved oh my in gosh. at the beginning, but he had passed away before the project got off the ground. Okay. Uh, after that, just being exposed to, we, we have eco labs here in the office where we invite the public. Um, and one of them we have is with Susie Wiest from Iverde Growers. She comes and she is a plant expert. Oh my gosh. Total plant expert. But what we do is we'll like upcycle items that people bring from home. We also have upcycle items that we have here at the office into new planters mm. for, for your house or office. What we noticed during those events was that just having your hands in the dirt with people who you would consider strangers, you don't know them, yeah. they're almost magically has a connection. And you're able to find commonality, community, and um, a way of relieving stress. So I really saw that this human to nature connection mm -hmm. spawned human to human connections. Wow. And so I think the more we, you know, there's all this urban fatigue that we get. So yeah. the more we yeah. can connect with nature, actually we can connect with ourselves and with the people around us. So cool. And how often do you have these events? Well, we used to um, pretty often. And then uh, obviously we all know what happened yeah, in the last yeah. couple of years. So um, we are planning. So before COVID, we had a request for a family eco lab because we wouldn't mm. kids come to them. Yes. And so we wanted to do something that was actually, you know, the events weren't really focused for kids even okay. though they enjoyed me. So we wanted to have one that actually was focused on families and how families can help their children learn about sustainable aspects of their own lives or their own home. Mm -hmm. That's kind of the plan. We're hoping to maybe February have that one. Amazing. I'm so bringing my kids. We're totally going to go to that. That sounds so right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, and... Rachel, on our website, yeah. we have a sustainable coloring book that you can download. Oh, I think I saw that. Okay, I'm totally going to download yeah. that. Print on recycled paper or Amazing. back of some old paper. But... Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, so can you give everybody sort of the 101 on biophilic design for anyone that doesn't know what we're talking about or kind of give us the basics, the lay of the land here? I think of it as observing what is the natural environment uh, and how we can connect the space that we're designing and the occupants to the natural environment, whether it's in a direct way, such as views, views out to nature, okay. plants inside and out, um, urban agriculture, but also in direct ways, such as patterns, mm. creating kind of discovery and awe, places to retreat, and 
finding ways to incorporate stimulation for all five senses. Okay. Hopefully not all at once, but, <laughs> uh, you know, have, having, like you were saying, intention and mindfulness yeah. about what is the, what are the experiences that the occupant is going to have and how can we benefit them through biophilic design? Absolutely. I think it's so important. Um, I know that we were just talking about like just getting our hands in dirt and it's amazing. Like I've never been like a huge gardener or anything, but when like my plants in my home, like I, you know, planted all of them and <clears throat> I have a pretty great little collection and just touching them and like being with them and wa even watering them, you know, it, it kind of, yeah. you're right. You know, it kind of just brings down that stress level and, and looking at them throughout the day is so rewarding and it's just like oh, and and plants in our home you know they really represent our own personal health and vitality so when we start to see yeah. plants mm -hmm. <laughs> start to wither or start to dry or you know are neglected i know in my home it's like a huge wake up i think i'll see that before i realize it in my own body and mm -hmm. i'm like oh you know what <laughs> there's a cue and to replace or, you know, take care of or give them medicine or whatever they need. Again, it reflects back because if we were neglecting them, we know we're neglecting ourselves, um, you know, on a right. self-care level. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I just, I find take it so that, fascinating. So, so Hunter Wasser, one of his philosophies was to have tree tenants. And <sighs> he always said, take care of a tree and you take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's definitely true. You're caring for yeah. something else, and it it also helps you be, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's full circle, absolutely. Just and I would it. say for anyone who, any of your designers listening who wants yeah. to take a little deeper dive into biophilic design, look up uh, Kellert's K E L L E R T uh, biophilic design elements and attributes. Okay, and. Uh, that will give you real detail on ways to incorporate biophilic design. Mm, beautiful, and um, we're gonna we're gonna have a workshop within the design coven with you. Can you give us mm -hmm. a little bit more insight as to what all of that is going to entail? Because I know you talked about it being interactive yeah. and all those things. So, so for that one, we are really going to get into Keller's. <laughs> biophilic design elements okay. and have an activity. I want uh, anyone who comes to the event to first, what what you really need to do to kind of explore what are the biophilic options for your project is, even if it is strictly an interiors project, is look at mm -hmm. the nature around, around you. Okay. What views are there? What patterns are there? Um, and if you're coming to the event, take photos and bring them with you because we okay. will use them and in ways to show you how to incorporate biophilic design that's mm. truly inspired by the actual space and the environment, the geology of the area you're, that you're designing to. Very specific. And even the culture, how, how you can look into you know, what did the indigenous people of the area before we made it a built environment? How how were they living? What are some of the animals that were there or the habitats that they create? Definitely designers who are coming, bring photos of okay. the project you're working on and 
and we're going to uh, we're going to have a biophilic exploration during the event. Amazing! I love it. Oh, yeah, so cool. And what do you have? What do you have coming up? Do you have any cool events that you're or not events, but uh, projects that you're working on, or things that you guys are super stoked on? Well, I I was thinking of three specific ones that have biophilic design uh-huh. really at the forefront of the project. Uh, one is a house we're doing that is is a client that wants it as sustainable as possible. Okay. In in so much that they wanted to save, um, there were these 100-year-old juniper trees that were built or were planted yeah. when the original house was built. They wanted to see if they could move them from the front yard to the backyard. Okay. While construction was going on. However, these are 100-year-old trees. Yeah. Doing construction close to trees that we're trying to save, it's difficult. A lot of times the trees don't have great reactions to construction yeah. or to being moved. So there's no no tree mover will guarantee the tree will live after they move it. Right. And because of the age and these these one tree even had uh I call it a crutch. It had a had a piece of wood underneath it to keep keep it being oh my back. gosh <laughs> yeah they were, they were pretty pretty old so we had the guys over at old fashioned lumber come harvest them and they dried them in the kiln and now we are going to use them for a lot of actually different things for the house uh, wow. including the the dinette that's going to be in as part of the kitchen integrated into the okay. kitchen for the floor that the primary bedroom's on there's uh-huh. catwalk, a pretty large catwalk that has a desk. And so the desk and running into a panel, a door panel, will also have the juniper set into mm-hmm. it. So it's it's bringing in kind of somewhat the history of the site yeah. into oh, cool. the new project. Uh-huh. And another one is we have a project. It's a mixed-use commercial okay. with multi-family advice. And just looking at the the cliffs there in Carlsbad that are right up the ocean, how the lines of the the earth, um, the variegated lines are, yeah. and then the vegetation spills over them. So that really, we took that as inspiration. Mm. We have the building, uh, terracing similar to the cliffs wow. with planters and um, horizontal slatted railings and trellises for vegetation and tree tenants. So cool. And to kind of create that lush vegetation spilling spilling over the, yeah. the structure. And lastly is a project in Pacific Beach that the client has multiple apartment buildings. Okay. And there he names them all after his grandmother Pearl with an E. <laughs> so on this project, this is a ground up project. We took inspiration from her name. Okay. And have pearls of uh alfresco dining balconies. Wow. Uh, that are round and have iridescent railings mm-hmm. and uh, a spiral staircase. Um, that's lit up from the top. The the top of it kind of pokes out up above the roof jack. Okay. 
absolutely, we're, we're hoping that using having the color LEDs, because it'll be multifamily, that each unit will be inspired to pick, you know, their favorite color or what color yeah. their mood suits them. And so then we'll have this multicolored building at night. And then we have this large bubbles at night mural that'll be on the side. That also was just this relation to pearls, yeah, you know, yeah. bubble, bubbles as well, they're pearls of soap. soap. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds so gorgeous. And what do you think that project will be complete? It'll take a while. We have to yeah. go through coastal review. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So it seems like your projects are really in it for the long haul. Like you guys are kind of involved with these clients for a really long time and you are establishing these long relationships. Yeah. We, we have a lot of repeat clients that actually all three that I just mentioned are repeat clients. Mm. So it, it's good to get people involved. Yeah. And, and also, you know, have them realize what is the inspiration for the design. I think they feel more attached to the design, knowing the meaning and the intention yeah. behind it. Absolutely. They seem much more probably invested and have something that's a little bit extra. I mean, it's like soul is attached to it. Exactly. Exactly. And then also then I feel like when push comes to shove down the road in construction, them also having that information helps them to, when they are value engineering, yeah. not cut out those those um, materials and aspects. Yeah, for sure. It's just so much more meaningful and, and deep with what you guys are doing. And do you do both uh, like the interior design and, and specking out um, furniture and that kind of thing? Or is it strictly architectural or do you guys dip into both? We, um, we rarely do furniture. We are maybe hoping to on, on a custom home we're working on right now, oh, but okay. overall it's, it's for, in, if we're doing interiors, it's tiles and, uh, Got it. hardware and plumbing fixtures and faucets, yeah. things like that. Very cool. Rarely the, rarely the, um, true interior design. Cool. And then uh, when you guys are working with like the plants and sourcing all of that, are you, do you have somebody on your team that is looking at the native plants and they're the ones that are specking all of that? Or do you team up with other people to collaborate or how does that get? Well, so we, we do have all of our design charrettes in house include everyone in production. Okay. Um, we want to have the most ideas put on the table. And so we do also have for the, for the landscaping, we'll have, um, a direction that we're looking to go. Okay. Uh, we use Las Colitas website a lot to look at native, you know, what is mm. native to the region. Talk to Susie at Iberde Growers and just walking around Iberde for inspiration yeah. is great. Okay. Um, they also have a, a horticulture experience coming up. I think it's virtual this year okay. still. It in the past was in person and I'm sure they'll have it in person again. But uh they'll introduce you to new plants. Amazing. And you know, we typically will do a plant what we call a plant lab. So okay. we have instead of design charrettes, we have design labs. Amazing. So and lab is learn apply build. 
So we'll take photos of the plants and I'll similarly have kind of a design, throw out all the plants we like mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. select and which ones work well with others. Got it. Look at their water usage and and make a final um, plant legend for the project. That's so cool. I love how you just start with like, you know, with the aesthetics and then getting down into the nitty gritty of, you know, what's actually going to work together and then looking at how much resources is it going to take and finalizing it down to the top ones. That's so cool. Start with start with the 10,000 foot view and then zoom in. (laughs) Fantastic. Is there anything else that you think um, the designers listening should be aware of when it comes to biophilic design or just sustainability in general or mindfulness or anything in that realm that you kind of um, lead in? Yeah, I, I definitely would challenge everyone to, you know, especially if you're always focused on interiors, mm-hmm. explore the exterior surrounding of of your project and bring yourself out or, or visit if it is in a super urban area, um, the nearest park or the nearest parklet, the nearest in San Diego, we're yeah. surrounded by canyons. So the nearest canyon and, mm-hmm. and you know, we were the, the last biophilic exploration we did. We, we were inspired by the paper bark trees that are here. Oh yeah. And, um, and kind of the pattern that that creates. So, and that's something that you can then bring into the interior. Yeah, I love it. So rad. Um, and I always ask, you know, is there anything that you're doing to kind of keep you grounded and keep you centered as we sort of navigate our world today and with all the stressors and things that are happening? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think mindful walks are top okay. of my list. Uh, I've been practicing transcendental meditation for probably about five years now. Can you and share what that is a little bit? Basically, you have a mantra. Okay. And you're repeating the mantra. And that actually helps you center and lose track of kind of just that overall verbalization that you Got hear it. instantly of you talking to yourself in your head. Yeah. But we also have the Tibetan bowls. We have a chime here at the office because... Mm. I, I swear, if I hit that time, it just clears the energy and whatever stress or frustration you feel, it yeah. it dissipates. And we also use it for our old printer when we have to print. Hit <laughs> 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 the chime first. And then go. Don't think a lot of use anymore since oh. everything's electronic. Yeah, 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 I'm so, sure. Super cool. And how can people find you if they're super interested in what you're doing and they want to see more of your work and, and all the things that you're creating? We are at ecohousegreen.com and we're on Instagram at ecohouse underscore architecture. So yeah, we'd love to have you come to our family lab coming up, follow us and and also come to the other events that we'll be having in 2023. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll share them with everybody so that they can all jump on board and then We've got our workshop the 4th of November for the Design Coven. So if you're in the Design Coven, um, you will get to meet Liz. And if you're not, come join us, join the Design Coven. And won't just be a presentation. I, I have it planned where it'll be very interactive and you will walk away with biophilic design ideas for your project. 
amazing. I love it. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you, Liz, so much for joining me. I appreciate you coming on and sharing what you guys are doing because I think what you're doing is so, so important. And you guys are, you know, been doing it for such a long time and it's really cool to be able to connect with the leaders in this field and it's such an honor. So thank you. Thank you, Rachel. Appreciate your time. You've been listening to the Holistic Interior Design Business Podcast. If it's one that you have been enjoying, please share with anyone else that you think can benefit from this knowledge and leave us a five-star review that helps us get seen and found by other new and aspiring interior designers. And if you're looking for mentorship, I invite you to join our club here at the Design Coven. It's a bridge between school and real life interior design. We get in much deeper there. We have virtual and in-person events. So everyone is welcome. You don't need to have a design degree to be part of it. Just an interest in holistic interior design. I also want to thank our editor, Marcy Ferry, Blake Ferris, for all of her special help with the podcast, our social media posts, newsletter, and lastly, Kinseth Thibodeau, who is our music composer. Until next time, be well, and we will see each other soon.